Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content on these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's jump right into our episode today. Well, welcome. This is our 12th and final installment of Feminology for this year. But next year, we're actually going to continue with this concept. And the first episode of each month, we're going to focus on topics specifically related to biblical womanhood. I'm not going to reveal it all now. It's kind of like Christmas right now, right? You can just open this gift in January on the first Thursday and learn about some new ideas, and it's going to be great. Now, for the past year, though, we, that's the past 12 months, we have been talking about these aspects of being a woman. We've talked about how God, we are made in God's image and how we can and are called to be strong and soft in the roles God has given to us. Um, we've spent some time looking at some foundational principles, how these roles have become honestly messed up because of sin, which happens a lot. But today, episode 129, we are still focusing on this concept and we're specifically focusing focusing on being industrious. Um, today, we're going to talk about how this has been viewed in our culture and how this topic has been morphed because our culture wants to change it to fit the meaning they want it to have. Um, I heard a quote a long time ago, and I've said it many times on the podcast, that we as women, probably we as people, need to view our culture through the Bible, not the Bible through our culture, right? So the Bible needs to be our foundation. And that's what we're trying to do with all of these episodes and look and see what does the Bible actually say. So I want to introduce to you again my guest, Adrienne McClavick. She's here again with us, and I'm really glad you're here, Adrienne, and we can talk one more time about this topic. Thank you. I'm excited to get started. Okay, Adrienne, since it's December and Christmas is right around the corner, like literally, I I hope you have Christmas music playing. I, I love Christmas music, so. What is one of your favorite Christmas traditions that you have carried from your parents to your kids? And actually, since we're talking traditions, what is a, and we can start these anytime, what's a newer tradition that you have started with your family or even with your grandkids? Well, cookie baking is something that I have carried on. And my mother was from Germany, and we had traditional German recipes that we would make. And this would go on for weeks. And I mean, some of them we would start a month ahead because it was this thing called Leibkuchen, and they had to age in our basement. Oh. And it was, we took it pretty serious. Wow. Now, with my own kids, 
we just do cut out sugar cookies with buttercream frosting, but we do set aside a whole day. So even my teenage sons get really into this and we oh. have contests and they've made portraits. One year there was like a, a Elvis cookie. <laughs> with, I mean, it had the sideburns and everything. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. So I'm going to guess which thing. of your sons made that, but we'll just move on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know. You probably can figure it out. Uh, cool. How about traditions that you have started or do with your kids? Well, one tradition that we've established with our own family is to purchase a tree ornament for each child each Christmas. And the idea is that when that child grows up and gets married, they'll take all their own ornaments that they've gotten, you know, over the years with them to start their own ornament, Mm. you know, to decorate the tree in their new home. So um, when I began, I would just pick out something pretty, but that really has morphed into picking out for each child something that would represent that year for them, like a school bus ornament the year they start kindergarten. Nice. Or, um, so I actually end up spending more time looking for that perfect representative ornament each year for each kid than any other present. Wow. <laughs> and I often find that I, you know, I get more excited to give them their ornament than any other gift too. It's kind of a thing. Okay. So. I got two questions. Yeah. Where do you store all these? Well, I mean, I mean cause you box. have, you have six kids. Yeah. So you yeah. have you just have they they all fit in one box? They do, but I will say that when they all go up and get married, I'm going to have a really bare tree. Yeah, right now oh. it looks so great, oh. but then they take them with them. See? Okay, but you hang let them hang them on the tree. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow! So you have six kids, probably 18 years. Wow, that's a lot of ornaments. That's a lot of ornaments. My tree. And, yeah. and then when they move out or get married, right? Yeah, that's when you hand that's them. That's when off. they yeah. So we've we're down two, but we still have. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I've apologized in advance because one of my kids always wanted a sports themed ornament. And I'm like, wow, your wife is going to be mad at me one day because oh. she's going to have an entire tree full of basketball uh-huh. ornaments. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, That's hilarious. You know, wow. But, um, I've actually heard of that tradition. I, I, I know quite a few people who do that. I think that's yeah, pretty cool. It's fun. We at our house do a simple countdown for Christmas. Um, each day I do something. And I think this is fun. I, I don't remember why we started this. But um, I sit down in like around Thanksgiving and plan out every single day based on what's going on in our lives. So if we have a Christmas concert, then we do something really easy that day. Mm -hmm. But if we have more time. And some of my kids' favorites are they love to watch the Grinch movie, which I know doesn't really have to do with Christmas, like the old Grinch movie and have Grinch floats. And all my kids love that. And they would ask for that again. And I remember when my kids were little buying boxes of candy canes and having a candy cane hunt all over the house. And they loved that. And um, a few years ago, I got after Christmas gingerbread houses because nobody ever eats them. So they can sit around for a year. And we listened to music, Christmas music, and and built a whole village because I bought one for every kid because they were like 75% off. Anyway, it was fun. And my kids, a few years ago, I said, are we done doing this? And every single one of them said, no. So I guess I'm going to have to come up with older ideas, you know, so, (laughs) you know, so. Talk a little bit about this idea of industriousness. How about if we do a little quick review? What are some things we should remember from the last two episodes in this series focusing on how to be industrious? Okay, God wants us to be hardworking. It's not something that he's neutral about. Um, He's clear in scripture. He wants us to be industrious. And a great motivation in being a hard worker is to realize whatever work I do, I am actually working for the Lord. And Colossians Mm. 3.23 is just a theme verse for that. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Mm. And also being industrious is important across all areas of our lives. You know, whether we have jobs outside the home, we're stay you know 
more in our work is in the home, in our human relationships, and in our relationship with God. We need to work hard wherever we are right now. Hmm, that's good. I love that. That's really helpful to kind of review those things. And today we're actually going to focus on kind of the idea of what the world is is viewing being industrious as because the world is often kind of yelling at us all the time yeah. everywhere. I mean, you can go to the grocery store and you can listen to like a podcast, you can listen to the radio, I mean, magazines, newspaper, anything. It sort of tells us, here's how you should define this concept. Mm -hmm. But we need to take a look at what the Bible says. So what does, let's start with that. What does the world say industriousness looks like in a woman? Well, I would say it would be focused primarily on the working world, like maybe having a super successful career, climbing the ladder, um, doing something along those lines. And uh, certainly we can and should be industrious if we're in the working world. Mm. Um, but it doesn't exclusively need to do this. And we don't need to have some lofty career to fit that ideal picture of an industrious woman. The world would also say that the reward of being industrious would be financial. And mm. the reality is there might not be any financial reward to being industrious, depending on the situation. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Those are good points. Um, and it, it really is shifting our idea, right, of yeah. what the, compared to the, what the world says to what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, what are ways that celebrities or famous people, I would say, live out industriousness? And how is that different than how and why a biblical woman is industrious? Well, I would think that the goal of the worldly person who is industrious is often to build like a kingdom for himself or herself, mm. either to become wealthy or well-known or the object of envy, or even if they're benevolent to be known as a really charitable person, mm. you know, have the eyes on people that way. And the goal of the biblical woman who's industrious should be different. She, she may make money. I suppose she could even become well-known. But the motivation is not to gain accolades from other people or accumulate a lot of wealth. The goal would be to please God hmm. and to be faithful in whatever arena the Lord has placed her in to point to God's blessing and mercy when she has success, not just, oh, I'm this right. great, wonderful, smart, powerful person, you know, and to work hard even when no one sees or appreciates her work. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The idea about um, serving God in the private you know like yeah. when nobody sees is a really important part of being industrious because this is true anywhere and the world wants everybody to look like the world is all about I know you know here's what this is how you're industrious how you look you know and how I you yeah. yeah that's interesting that's a good point so what is wrong with the world's view of being industrious or maybe I should say the opposite which I think is laziness right what's right. the world's view of being industrious well I think the interesting thing is that the world holds up as the ultimate goal, the ultimate success story. The person who works hard or at least works smart and gains so much financial success that they can retire at age 30 and sit on a beach with an umbrella drink in their hand. <laughs> and to me, that is just the ultimate picture of laziness to check out and lead a life of comfort and self-indulgence at an age when we should be productive and full of energy and work. Hmm. So I think in general, the world's view of being industrious tends to be somewhat self-focused. And the purpose would be to accumulate stuff and to become wealthy and powerful. And the biblical view would be one that focuses on others hmm. and most importantly, focuses on the Lord. And the reward for the Christian is eternal. 
Hmm. And Matthew 16, 19 is a great verse to remember when we're thinking about these things. And it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart Mm, will be also. That's a great verse. Yes. So the Christians should work hard, but not for earthly treasures. We should be keeping an eye on eternity. And of course, we we should enjoy and be very thankful for the nice things God blesses us with because he does. Yes. um, But we shouldn't be living for them. Hmm. And I really think your calendar and your bank account will reflect what you're working for. How Hmm. do we spend our time? And how do we spend our money? That's really interesting. I, I think I want to add that I'm pretty sure one implied thing that you said is not that it's wrong to be retired. Right. But even if we are retired from a job, which I'm not, but if we are, yeah, we can still be doing industrious things yes. for the Lord. Oh, for sure. And some I, of the most industrious people I know are yep. retired from yep. the whatever job they had that yep. paid the bills for whatever number of years. Right. I think of a woman who is retired from her world, her working world, and she does after school kids clubs she does prayer meetings she has time to do those things where when she was working as a teacher she just didn't have the same time I'm sure she did some of those but I think there is a benefit and I think we can still be working and I think you were saying that the whole time yeah Yeah. and I love how you brought out that it's really this question we should ask ourselves how do we spend our time and our money like Mm -hmm. is it are we doing the right things with these because that's really going to show it's going to show where we're putting forth our work our heart is yeah Yeah. okay how do we see this played out in the church like where does the church do this well and is it I'm talking the general church in America I I guess because that's the only one we really know right and how do they do it wrong okay well I think often the modern church in America is reluctant to call its people to do hard things Hmm. to serve to make sacrifices to obey scripture Hmm. because that can take hard work and our churches are often places of entertainment and affirmation without biblical standards and there's a lot of good churches out there if any of our listeners are looking for a church home one of the important questions to ask is do the people in this church serve each other and Hmm. serve others do they hold scripture do they hold to scripture in the ministries of the church are the people there called to obey God's word? Or is it just a fun place to go where they can hear a positive but kind of surfacy message every week? And is the goal of the church really to fill its pews with people who are there to feel good and to be entertained? I want to be at a church that challenges me to do hard things for Christ. Hmm. That's what I want to do. And finding a church like this is just fantastic because... Yeah. You know, there it provides so many opportunities to serve both in church and beyond and to work alongside other believers. The church can be a wonderful place to be industrious. I like how you, you brought out at the beginning of that um, section a little bit about how one of the things to look for in a church is are the people serving each other? Yeah. I, I, wow, I hadn't really thought about that. And I could think back through my life and churches I've been in because I've grown up in churches. And that's really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. And now I do remember in churches... I think it's good. That's a good view. And I do think that it is important to think about 
if this church is challenging me, like you said, mm-hmm. to do the hard things for Christ also. I just love those two points that you brought out. I think they're great. And they're great as we're thinking about church. Yes. That's good. Uh, yep. Okay. You know what? As we discuss being industrious, we probably should spend a little bit of time talking about things that get in our way. Because we always have things that get in our way. So what are some obstacles to working hard? Or like, what are things that we need to be aware of? Okay. Uh, modern life has so many distractions. I feel like in times past, you had to work harder. You would die. Because, yes. well, you know, back, yes, 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 yes. You know, there there wasn't, let's, what do we do with our leisure time? Because yeah. they had no leisure time. Yeah, you know, I they, think of the uh, book I read about the little kids who worked in the coal mines. Oh. You know, like... Wow, this is what they were born for, to go yes. down into a coal mine, to oh. dig coal. And that's what they did. Yeah. And sometimes I, you know, I'm sitting there in bed and I'm thinking, okay, I'm lying in bed and my dishes are being washed and my clothes are yeah. being laundered yeah. as I'm lying in bed because we have all these modern conveniences. But so there's really a lot of blessings to modern yes, life. I would are. not want to go back to the days where I had to spin my own right. thread from the sheep that I grew outside. Right. And, you know, do you grow sheep? You I know don't know, I mean. but that's okay. <laughs> um, but... There's also, it's very easy to be distracted from working hard with some of the, particularly things in our culture that are really focused on entertainment. And obviously, the biggest one is our phones. Yeah. And it's just so mesmerizing. I mean, there's social connection and infinite entertainment all within reach 24-7. Yeah. And this really can get in the way of our being industrious. And if you took away the average person's phone... How much additional time would they have in their day to be productive doing something? Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a good question. Well, I looked it up because I just wondered, huh. You know, at the end of the week, it always flashes on your screen how right. much screen time you've yes. had or whatever. And and sometimes I think those it is a little misleading because it would be like, well, okay. I was answering texts to people who needed prayer. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I'm you know answering emails on my yep. phone that need to be dealt with right. instead. But, you know, there are statistics that say the average American spends over five and a half hours a day on their phone. A day? A day. Wow. Five, that's like that's like your that's like a work week. I know. Wow. Well, and if you include screen time in general, yeah. Not just phones. That right. average American. I'm saying average, so there's some a lot more and there's some less. The average American spends I don't even want to say it. Ten point three nine hours a day in front of some sort of screen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And some of that is necessary work, obviously, and sure. that sort of thing. But a lot of it is downtime and relaxation time, and it clearly is a hard thing to control, but it's certainly possible. I mean, they've actually done studies where, like, picking up your phone, I don't know, it, like, release, releases endorphins yep, and yep. these sort of things. Like, it's a, kind of an addictive thing. Yeah, this is a little funny to share, but there was recently a documentary on Netflix about phones. Oh, yeah? The social dilemma. It was actually fabulous. And um, one of my kids' high school teachers showed it in class because oh, it was... And they had to write a paper about whether phones were good or bad, you know. But it was, it, that's exactly it. I learned so much watching mm. it because it really is what happens in your brain. Physiologically. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is difficult to control, but there is, you know, there are ways. Like most phones have the ability to limit how much time you spend on any particular app. Like you can set this limit at 10 or 15 minutes a day. And then at that point, you no longer have access to that app. And I know one young woman who was so determined to stop wasting so much time on one particular app that she set the limit on her app and then there's passcodes or whatever to change those limits. And 
she had her friend set the passcode that was required to alter those limits. Wow. So she couldn't alter them herself. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just a matter of just deleting those apps that yeah. are too tempting, you know, but it might be, well, you know, there's nothing wrong. Maybe you want to spend 10 minutes looking at Instagram or whatever. Right. It's not, you know, that's under control, you know. Um, you know, what has a hold over you and what doesn't. But, um, you you know, you could put your phone in another room so you don't instinctively pick it up and open it for no good yep. reason or instantly grab it if there's some notification that really doesn't matter. Yeah, you or, know. or practice just some good old-fashioned self-control. Yeah. You know, even if right. you have Facebook on your phone, practice the skill yes. of asking yourself, do I really need to go to Facebook right now or do I really need to look at Instagram? Right. And maybe there's times to do that. Like you said, those are not instinctively wrong right. to have them. Right. It's more when it interferes with other <laughs> yes. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you might say, oh, I don't waste hours on my phone every day. And I think, great, good. But let's all take a minute to be honest with ourselves and how much time we do spend on <laughs> screens. And then look at the things on your to-do list that are overwhelming to you. Like how much progress would you make um, on that overwhelming list if you just trim down the time you spend on entertainment and social media mm -hmm. and screens yep. like I think it does require some honesty with ourselves yep and maybe it's a, a weekly self-evaluation you know yep. like one week we might do really well and we might think I'm great at this yeah but we really need to be constantly looking at it because I know I find that I slip in there you know, I might do yes. really well a week and I think I'm doing good. And then the next week I do a little less good and then a right. little less good. Yeah. And right. before you know it, you're back to five and a half hours of you right. know, screen time. Right. Like, wow. You know, so. so. Right. It can be as much. Yeah. So, that so is really, time. really helpful. And honestly, that's really important to think about industriousness because there are distractions and maybe it's not your phone. That's really a big one. Maybe it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. And that's distracting you from getting the dishes done. Or maybe it's you are spending more time exercising. Now, of course, exercising is great. Right. Having a hobby is great. I think there's a big word that we have to remember, and that's not only do we need to be industrious, but there's a balance in some of this too. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's helpful. And I love the idea of getting someone to help you with that, like having yeah. your friend check your, you know, have your passcode to your phone or whatever. Right. Maybe it's reaching out to a friend and saying, this is an area I want to be more industrious in. For right. God's glory, help yeah. me. Yeah. Keep me accountable. Yep. Keep okay, me accountable. So Discussed. What are some take-home points today? Okay, well, our motivation in being industrious should not be to gather worldly wealth and honor or envy from other people. Mm. Instead, we really should be working hard for a reward from the Lord where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And we do have an audience of one. Hmm. And we are working for and before our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be working hard to do things that will obey him and bring him honor. Hmm. That's good. That's a great summary. You should like write something someday. You're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good to summarize things and think those are really important points. And I think it's helpful. So that's good. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for sharing today on this feminology number 12. This was our last that one. That was the last one. Yeah, we, we're Trumpet. done. But not really. Um, but it is good to pause and ponder these topics. I hope that you who are listening will be thinking about this. We'll be thinking about all of these topics we've talked about all year long. Um, I remember when I sat down with a group of women um, and said, what are we going to do on these feminology topics? And we began this process. And Although I'm going to tell you that I hope you learned something, I'm going to tell you that I learned a lot this mm. year. I was reminded of things that I had learned a long time ago. I learned some new things. And I think it's important to revisit these things. So be aware that these are great to re-listen to maybe even every year. 
I mean, they're good. And um, it's important to view our our world as women in a way that honors God and as biblical women. Thanks, Adrian, for sharing today. It was great to have you on again. It was great to be here. Um, I want to remind everybody listening that we're going to be continuing Feminology in 2023. We're not done, but it's going to look a little different and um, we're going to have different topics, which I think is going to be great. It's going to stay under this theme of biblical womanhood. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, it's kind of like a Christmas gift to you, right? We are not going to let you know what it is. We're just going to wait to unwrap it on the first Thursday of in January of 2023. Um, in the meantime, while you're waiting, and you're wrapping all your gifts for your family and you're driving to the special school program for Christmas or you can listen to all of these Feminology episodes again if you want. Um, They drop the first Thursday of each month all year in 2022 so you can find those in our playlists. And it never hurts to re-listen to things. Adrienne, would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we've had this year to think and discuss what it means to be a godly woman and we do desire lord to please you with our lives with our work with our thoughts i pray that you would help us in the coming year to really focus on you and what we would need to do in our lives to please you and that you would give us the ability to do those things and we pray this in your son's name amen amen on our next episode we will discuss some real talk about depression and anxiety sometimes during the holidays here we are in december and we've just had thanksgiving and we're running back into christmas soon um sometimes it's hard there's some difficult days and i think sometimes people struggle even more during the holidays on the topic of depression and so we're going to talk about that on next on our next episode so i hope you'll tune in then and remember when everything around you is shaken you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of god until next time.